0: Welcome back to The Worm. Today, I'm joined by Nula O'Hagan, a friend of mine here at St. Andrews. As a school with no arts program or funding for the arts outside of music, St. Andrews is a place where people get creative. It's not unusual for Friday nights to be spent at a DJ event, hosted, organized, and executed entirely by students, or to attend a gallery-esque party showcasing art that your peers have made in their free time. Others pursue artistic businesses, producing and selling clothing or accessories in their free time, or others, like me, start podcasts. In January of 2022, Nula and two other friends founded the Lazy Anarchist Collective, also known as LAC, intended to be an arts publication for creators in St. Andrews. Their hook? The Lazy Anarchist is, quote, unedited and independent accepting poetry, prose, and photography that remains untouched by the editorial team throughout the magazine creation process. The Lazy Anarchist quickly joined the ranks of creative endeavors that students in St. Andrews undertake, gaining popularity throughout the student body. A couple of weeks ago, the magazine celebrated the launch of its fourth edition. So, welcome, Nula. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Thank you for coming on the Worm. So will you, just to get us started, tell us what year you are, where
1: you're from, and what you study? Sure. God, I feel like we're at like Freshers event Mm -hmm. again. I know. (laughs) So hi everyone, I'm Nuala O'Hagan. I am a fourth year here at St. Andrews. I'm from the suburbs of New York City, so Westchester County, if any besties of the pod (laughs) know where that's from, or where I'm from, where that is and I am a dual degree in international relations and art history
0: mm-hmm. and you have a class at three
1: I do I what do have class a class at three have. I have Scandinavian architecture and design oh, which oh my God. I'm loving That's honestly so cool. yeah it's so nice to like get to honors years and be able to like actually niche in on mm-hmm. things that you find interesting are you writing a diss I'm not because I'm a dual major, okay. so I was just like, sweet, I'm yeah. just going to do the work that people dish out to me and not have to think of my own. <laughs>
0: Did you ever consider writing one?
1: Um, Honestly, no. I, I always knew I was going to be a dual degree, mm-hmm. so I yeah, I just never really, there's not really one thing about either of my subjects that I could think of to narrow in on in time for when the diss presentations were you know about and happening like at the end of third year I was like it just snuck up on me and I was like all right well I'm just gonna keep taking classes then I Mm -hmm. guess
0: (laughs) um no yeah I I do a dual degree and I'm writing a diss and I feel like it's the only thing I talk about and the only thing I think about and um Wait, for English? Yeah, for English. What are you
1: writing it on? Sorry, I know this is, like, I'm not the point it. of the podcast. <laughs> <It's but>. okay.
0: <laughs> we, I love to, to waver, go in different <laughs> directions. But um, I'm writing it on this group of poets from – who were either students or teachers at Vanderbilt in the 1920s. Um, really from, like, 1903 through 1922. They were students wow. or teachers. And – um is basically a group of at most 16 white guys who would get together and originally it started as a meetup where they would meet and um just discuss like philosophy Mm -hmm. under this guy named Sidney Hirsch who was not involved with Nashville but he was from Nashville but had come from like a very wealthy family and traveled the world and I read um There's this book that I'm reading for it. And it said that he was so smart that he was too smart for universities. Like he tried to go to several universities and they were like, you're just too (laughs) smart. (laughs) And and so then he got this um, tutor and he traveled to New York and all over Europe and East Asia with his tutor. And just like reveled in culture and the arts. And he came back to Nashville and... I've heard him compared to Gertrude Stein Mm. and her work with like curating an artistic community Mm -hmm. in Paris at this time. And he kind of did that in Nashville and he got all of these guys together and kind of like meticulously filtered them to make sure that they were like could handle the discussions of this group. But Mm -hmm. they would get together once every two weeks and discuss philosophy and over time they started producing poetry and they would come in and workshop each other's poems. To the point that they became like a literary school wow and so they started publishing this magazine called the fugitive and it's a sick name their poetry was <laughs> it was intended like their introductory statement said the fugitive flees from nothing faster than the high-cased brahmins of the old south wow. and so their whole thing was like they wanted to create a southern literature that was not bemoaning the lost cause or the loss of the confederacy Mm. because at this time all of the literature coming out of the south that's all it was doing Mm -hmm. and so they were trying to create an artistic identity that was coming out of the south at a point in time that also like the harlem renaissance was happening and so like there were so many so many other artistic things occurring and i think like it eventually did turn into a bunch of white men just kind of freaking out about the fact that the world was changing around them and they didn't know what to do about it <laughs> as they do um nothing has changed but um yeah so that's what I'm writing it about I don't that's know like what my hook is gonna be
1: no but I feel like it's I love that you've chosen such a niche thing and mm-hmm. I also feel like the whole thing is right what you know right and yeah. you are from Nashville yeah you're going back and like this is like a real diss in the sense that you're actually probably going through like archival stuff that maybe not a lot of people have studied yet um and I feel like that's such a reflection of you because you're such like a southern lady but at the same time (laughs) you fit in so well it's not in like a sort of like south of the past kind of way like you're very mm-hmm. liberally forward minded thank you <laughs> um in a way that i think people don't necessarily expect coming from the south people don't realize the diversity mm-hmm. like like there's just the south is so underappreciated for all of its history and all I of its agree. diversity and there's been one narrative that you know has come out of there and people kind of hold on to that but mm-hmm. I think that's really cool that you're nice. sort of expanding the historical canon yeah. beyond that I know
0: <laughs> and it's so fun too because it's it's crazy how close to home it is mm. like as I've been researching one of the poets um his name was Jesse Wills and he was the great-grandfather of one of my best friends in elementary school no way yeah oh my God. and like like my great-grandmother was living in nashville um she would have been a kid or like a teenager in the 1920s but later on she personally knew like one of the poets and the poets were from like the county in tennessee that my mom's mom where she grew up on a farm like Mm. it's just all so intertwining and like middle tennessee is a very small community Mm -hmm. um and nashville now it's like a huge city and everybody's from somewhere else but like for the people whose families are from Nashville it's there's a lot of like connections and it's really super interesting to research yeah
1: respect for doing something so close to home I see this is why I couldn't have done a disc because I would have not known where to begin like if I feel like if you have that sort of like spark for something or like I don't know if you sort of had a general idea about that growing up and then your diss was the chance for you to dive into that I like didn't really need a chance to dive into it like Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially doing Lazy Anarchist too I feel like that is kind of like my passion project and I like to compartmentalize you know my more like creative endeavors with like when I'm doing an essay yeah I'll do the research essay but I don't want to be I don't know. I'm just the second semester, fourth year. I'm just trying to finish this <laughs> up. Like <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. I know for real.
0: But the thing that's been really funny with researching is that I'm like, oh my god, this is the lazy anarchist. <laughs> like they were they paved the way in just creating magazine.
1: A bunch of artsy little people around me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so okay, so to get into it, so how did you start with the lazy anarchist, because I remember seeing it on Instagram for the first time and like the really cool graphics that I think you made. And I was like, Whoa, what is this? Like I wanna get involved. Oh, and so thank you. Like, when did the idea come about? How did it form? Um, and how did you like get it off the ground initially?
1: Mm. Well, I think that there are two Sort of things that underpin... I don't know. My mom always says that I have an entrepreneurial spirit. Like, I started clubs in high school. I'm very much so the type of person who likes to be in charge of a group project. Um, I'm not very type A, though, which is weird. But I just... I don't know. I like... I'm an Aquarius, if that explains anything. I like being on, like, the cutting edge or just trying something new. Um, And I think... One of my like life philosophies that I've taken with me from childhood goes back to literally recess, the playground. Um, I remember I'm the youngest of, of um, three girls, so I had two older sisters and my mom, and it's basically three moms giving me advice at all okay. times, and I remember there was this game that everyone was playing at recess. I don't remember what it was, but I was just not interested in it. I wasn't having fun. And they were all like, "Nuala, go do your own thing. And if you're having fun, then like people will come join you. Like I bet there's other people who don't want to play this game. True. And I remember me and my best friend Riley Kurzer at the time. Haven't talked to her in years, but shout out, (laughs) Bay. Hope hope she never hears me say that. (laughs) But we were best friends in like fourth grade. And we started just playing Foursquare the two of us, which I don't know if you've That's ever tried so to do funny. that, but defeats the purpose of the game.
0: Were you like straddling two? Squares? Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so we were
1: like, we just want to, like, we're just gonna do our own thing, mm-hmm. and we were having so much fun with it that other people started to join, and then Foursquare became like this huge recess competition that we always That's did. So, cute. Um, so I think ever since then, I'm, I'm, I'm just not really afraid of, kind of doing my own thing Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of faith that there are people who will be interested in it. That being said, every time we do a launch, I'm like, oh my God, no one's going to come. No one cares about this. But um, I'm always pleasantly surprised. (laughs) So yeah, I think I've always sort of had that aspect of my personality. And then I got to St. Andrews. I'd been sort of known in high school for being involved in the arts. That was like my senior superlative. I... My mom is a working artist. I grew up painting and, you know, just being surrounded by art history books. I've always loved, loved, loved art. And coming to St. Andrews, obviously there aren't any fine arts degrees. There's virtually nothing for the arts. There's no studio space. The closest I could get to it was doing art history, but I wasn't really practicing that much um, in terms of like actually materially sitting down and creating things. But I knew a lot, of people who are doing really cool things like I'm sure you had the same experience of coming here and your world has just sort of opened up to like how amazing people our age mm-hmm. are you yeah. know just so much potential here from like all over the world and amongst my friends we would kind of share little things that we were working on little snippets of writing in our journals or like doodles or whatever but it wasn't really going anywhere um and I tried to To get involved in terms of writing i think for the saint andrew's art magazine i wrote this travel article on our friend julia who is from slovenia and i did a little profile on slovenia because it's sort of this unknown country in Mm -hmm. europe that's sort of on the rise for like wineries and stuff like that um and natural beauty and whatever and i was so proud of this piece that i wrote i like interviewed her i got so Mm -hmm. into it and then by the time publication came around Because it was, like, sort of this pre-existing structure of a magazine, like, they had editors, they had word counts, it got kind of chopped down to something that I didn't really feel like was my own piece of work, and I don't know, I just wanted, I guess, a more free-flowing space than being involved in anything that I saw currently existing, Mm -hmm. that being said, um i don't need to remind you that our first year nothing was going on because we were freshers in 2020 so i don't actually think i knew just the extent of like sort of the collective culture in saint andrews the fact that like things like stereoscope exist and blah 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 i think if we hadn't had that first covid year where i felt so isolated and you didn't really know what was going on. I probably would have just joined something pre-existing. So it was almost a blessing in disguise that I was like, "Nothing like this exists." So I'm gonna make it. Little did I know, there's like yeah. a, whole, a yeah. whole industry of it in St. Andrews. I do.
0: I, so, like for people who are listening who don't understand what, what Nuala just called it, the collective culture mm. is in St. Andrews. It's basically like people who are friends usually will just get together and like create these organizations and call them collectives like the lazy anarchist i didn't
1: know that was a thing like that's what i mean i called it collective because i was like i don't know like i don't want it to be hierarchical i kind of just mm-hmm. want people to come together so you you came up you just thought of the word collective
0: on your own not knowing oh that totally it was, like, such a thing yeah i that's i remember really so clearly
1: because Going back to how I started it, I it was the summer after first year and I was like, Man, like, I feel like there's nothing like this that exists here. I've always been really interested in graphic design, never had done graphic design, but I was like, that might be a fun little project to like design a magazine. I knew of a couple friends off the top of my head that might have pieces of writing or photography that they would wanna donate to me. And it was summertime and I was gearing up to go back to school for a second year. And I sat down on my back porch to like start sort of scheming this out, planning this out. I had my notebook and Lazy Anarchist Collective was the first name I wrote down. And as soon as I wrote that down, I was like, oh no, okay, that's it. Like job done. Like no more (laughs) titles. So like it kind of just popped into my head. Like I, like I said, I didn't really know of anything else that was going on around campus. So Mm -hmm. that was sort of organically what it was named. And then, I mean, I'm not going to change it now, but obviously, ideally, (laughs) not everything here would be called a collective, but yeah. But I
0: love it. I think it's so great because also, okay, also if you're listening, there's a rock band rehearsing in the room next to us. I apologize if you can hear it. They're doing a great job.
1: It's just, I don't it's know if like the band elevator
0: music—it's <laughs> <laughs> in the background. Tune into the pod. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't get like copyrighted for <laughs> music in the podcast. Yeah, just disregard. Um, yeah, we're not listen we're, to us. It's not voluntary that that's being included. But anyway, um, I think no, I think the name is so perfect. Like lazy, so lazy anarchists. Like, what does that mean to you?
1: Hmm. Well, like I said, it was sort of just like a subconscious little floaty thought that kind Mm -hmm. of came into my brain and I just grabbed it and wrote it down but I think once I started to think about why I liked it anarchist in the sense of there were all of these pre-existing societies in St. Andrews that I felt like were so rigid were so entrenched in sort of the social hierarchy here where you have fashion Mm -hmm. shows where there are very specific people from very specific walks of life who usually become the heads of those. Um, amen. amen. <laughs> not, a, yeah. not the Amen Collective, not just to be clear, because that does exist. There's a collective for everything. Yep. Um. Literally, what was I saying? Um,
0: you were talking about the social hierarchy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, I just kind of wanted to have something that felt a little bit less like you had to pay your dues or like work your way up I was like if yeah. you're down to help out on something like why not but then lazy in the sense that we're not actually doing like I'm not throwing Molotov cocktails into anyone's car in protest <laughs> like I'm not actually like inciting political revolution so it's yeah. kind of a lazy take on on maybe breaking through the pre-existing mm-hmm. hierarchy of St. Andrews and then collective as I said just because I wanted it to be a sort of open forum I didn't want it to be like I was the head yeah. of something
0: yeah and you started it with Catherine and Yulia as well right so
1: yeah I sort of had been cooking this up over the summer and then at the time, my two best friends were one of them, Yulia, Slovenian, um, Eastern European queen, very type A, very on top of her shit. Mm-hmm. And I can attest. I <laughs> can, Hopefully can she attest. Listens to this, she will. <laughs> I mean, that in the highest of regards. <laughs> yeah. And also, Catherine Barry, who is now in charge of People You Know, the theater company. She is an incredible writer. Just, mm-hmm. I'm so convinced. Like, her mind is amazing. I'm convinced it she's going to be famous someday. Um, yeah so she was really like when I when I say people who were doing really cool really impressive things and not putting it anywhere she was one of the main people I had in mind where I was like I would, I just want to like publish this girl's work mm-hmm. so I kind of met up with them in Combini cafe r.i.p yeah. um <laughs> now sad. five acres and I was like I want to start an art magazine and I basically laid out the premise for them and we were like this is great because Julia is totally admin events oriented Catherine can totally head editorial or like any of the writing that comes in and then I was going to be sort of the creative director like designing the look of the actual magazine and um, social media and and such so it definitely would not and could not have happened without the help of those two lovely ladies who Mm -hmm. have since moved on to other pursuits while I've kind of you know, stayed with Lack as my little brainchild baby (laughs) that I don't want to let go of. I think that's
0: great. (laughs) So how have you kind of seen it evolve? Because it's been two whole years now. Mm -hmm. So how did you see it evolve? And also, like, when you first announced it, what was the feedback that you got? And did it inspire you to keep going?
1: Ooh, that's kind of such a good question. Well, I think... When I announced it, basically, I went home for a little bit my second year. I was not in a very good place, and I was on my mom's couch (laughs) in Florida, actually, because that's where they were living at that point, Um, just doing Lazy Anarchist as a little, like, arts and crafts project for myself, so it was much more to me about just, like, kind of my friends or my work. It was it was kind of like that would be great if it extended to people and they found out about it but I was very content just for it to be something that I liked to work on I didn't have any goals or aspirations or even really conceptualize the fact that it could become like a thing in St. Andrews mm-hmm. not that I think it's like a thing but I think it is. Um, that's very it that's very kind of you but I think Julia <laughs> is to credit for that so in terms of how it's evolved the first launch we had was when I came back at the end of second year and it was very low-key. We printed fifty copies and we were in the basement of Aikman's mm-hmm. and I think people didn't really know what to expect. They just kinda of rocked up and just sat around the Aikman's basement reading the magazine. And I think people were pleasantly surprised. We ended up selling out and that was just something that I like I as I kind of said before, like I figured that people might be interested but I didn't anticipate how interested or excited people would be or how I wasn't alone in feeling that there was a need for this sort of space Mm -hmm. um, for people who are sensitive and artistic and you know want to delve into that so yeah it started off very low-key and then in second year we got a little bit in over her heads in terms of I think Yulia really saw potential for it to sort of expand and you know for us to like collaborate with other societies mm-hmm. and have it become more of like a, a structured sort of thing so we ended up bringing on so many people yeah it was huge um, which was just you know an error on our part for never having been in charge of something like that before because we actually didn't need that many people working on it. It is a lot of work, but I think the size of the people we have helping out right now, the size of that group is great. It's Mm -hmm. maybe like, I don't know, 10 people? Yeah,
0: like 8 to 10. Yeah,
1: ish. Like 14 maybe with auxiliary, whoa, that was a tricky (laughs) pronunciation. Auxiliary help from friends of lack Uh um so yeah i think julia really tried to elevate it um props to her we had an amazing second launch at saint sizzle which the turnout was just crazy and we had like bands playing and it was a super fun night and all the while i just like was not interested in running a saint Andrew's society at all Mm -hmm. um so I kind of like didn't really take the reins on that where I could have mm-hmm. um but it just wasn't my vision for it um and so in that do you mean like if it had kept going
0: in that direction with like having a lot of members it would have been more of a society than like a magazine
1: I think so because we had so many people it was a team of like 30 plus people yeah, it was huge and I just sort of backed out from Like trying to lead or organize that, Mm -hmm. Um, I just like didn't even try. I was kind of ghosting people who were like, "What do I do?" Because I was like, "I don't know, girl." Like,
0: so. But then (laughs) when you did that, were you still doing like the graphic design stuff in your own free
1: time? Yeah, just like taking it on yourself. Totally. So that was kind of the thing. Is we had so many people to help out, but really where we needed the most help which was on the graphic design portion Mm -hmm. that was the hardest to find people Mm -hmm. um just because yeah I don't know we we put out a call for graphic designers and I think we took a lot of people who are very artistically capable and like great illustrators and what have you but um graphics and like editorial design as I'm sure you know from don't write is a very specific skill set and you mm-hmm. kind of have to have a very specific sense for spacing and colors in a way that, you know, you don't have to be as meticulous with it if you're just sort of a freehand artist. So we had all these people who were technically like creative, but it was only me and these two other girls who knew how to do graphic design. So yeah. we were doing like all of the work for the which magazine. Is a um, which was a lot because the second edition was like over 85 pages, maybe mm-hmm. something around that. And like
0: all of the pages have graphic design on them yeah. or like a work of photography.
1: Yeah. So if it's not just like a photograph that we have on the page, we it's not the type of thing where we get submissions. And I mean, they're unedited in terms of content, but um, like it's not just like slapping Times New Roman font onto yeah a page like we try to make every page look interesting which I could probably chill out a little bit with because it takes no, us so I long to it. compile the magazine I but, love it though. but yeah so I was very much so working really hard on getting the magazine done but mm-hmm. just didn't have enough people like around me who were qualified in the graphic design sense yeah um so that was just... It was kind of a year of, like, total mismanagement and just scraping by. Like, it's a miracle that we got two editions <laughs> out as we did.
0: Because So, okay, wait. So there was the spring 2022. Mm-hmm. So spring of second year. There was... Was there a full-size one last year? Yes.
1: There was a full-size one in the fall. That was the big kahuna one. That, that was, at like, Saint a... Sizzle. Yeah, at yeah. St. Sizzle. And then in march i want to say february or march we mm-hmm. did a mini winter design which ended up not being mini. it ended up being like 20 pages mm-hmm. <laughs> which obviously compared to the other one was not as big um and then i sort of had the idea to work on the submissions that we got in um over the summer to have one ready for this fall and that just did not happen we were working on it all through the fall but it really wasn't until the end of last semester that we felt like we were at a place where we really like were proud of the work that we'd done and mm-hmm. wanted to publish the magazine um so we've just had our fourth launch in how long ago was that I guess that was February 2nd Two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago yeah so I don't think I don't know if there will be another edition of the magazine proper just because it does take a couple months to put together and it's months that we don't have because graduation is looming on the horizon. But I'm definitely looking forward to um, just having little like get togethers and events like I really... Love how our launches are never just come and buy the magazine it's always a little bit something it's like a experience yeah so we try to have people you know do some live readings of their work we try to do a little gallery wall where we'll like sell prints and such there will be like a little I don't know just little activities and crafts for people to do and come together and Mm -hmm. you know like kind of work out their creative energy Mm -hmm. in a way that like there isn't really another space to do unless you're going to like capture collective or again like stereoscope stuff like there actually are a lot of really great places in St. Andrews to do such things again didn't know about them so we're just trying to cultivate yet another one of them the way that I interpret
0: the name lazy anarchist Mm -hmm. is that it's interesting that you interpret it in the sense of, like, the St. Andrews social politics. Mm. Because for me, I was like, oh, it's kind of like and anything goes. Like, they will publish pretty much anything that comes in and not edit it. And, like, in the sense of not editing it, that could be considered lazy. And mm-hmm. then, like, the anarchist part would be they accept everything. But you don't
1: necessarily accept everything. You make cuts, Right we make a very conscious effort to not take things just because it's not like our taste or like something like that. Like, I feel like if your work is, is good, then it's, then it's good. Even Mm -hmm. if it's not my style, like we, we try to take a pretty wide array of submissions. There are definitely some things that don't necessarily specifically speak to me, but it's again, like not about me. So in that sense, I hope that we're keeping it egalitarian and not you know like favoring people I publish Mm -hmm. people who I've literally like never met never heard of it's just like it's going in yeah Um, other times we've received stuff that is just kind of an insult to everything else that is in the magazine really like Can in you terms get, like a vague of... <laughs> example no names no no <laughs> I mean I can't even like think of names specifically off the top of my head not that I would out anyone ever yeah, for this yeah. but <laughs> be so um, that would be crazy <laughs> and super mean and super against everything I was just preaching about but um just in terms of the caliber of work that we receive is so incredible to me Mm -hmm. this is such a smart school people are so talented so well read so yeah I don't know just producing poetry and you know everything else that we accept on a level that you know you wouldn't necessarily think like student publication sometimes Mm -hmm. um and then other times we get stuff where it's just like that is not I don't know like
0: it's just you mean like in the quality of in it In the quality of yeah, it it's it's just
1: not, very good. It's just not um it, it's like a difficult point to reconcile of if do i just not like this or is it not good or mm-hmm. like who am i to say that someone's art isn't good mm-hmm. you know That's tough. It it really is. Who, so
0: who makes like calls on what gets put in? Is it you ultimately?
1: It's not just me. I mean, we have so you know a little bit about the setup, but for those who don't know now that we've sort of restructured this year into a smaller team everyone actually has very (laughs) specific roles um we have graphic designers who are the creative team and like we do social media and stuff like that as well and then there's editorial and then events so it's it's actually Mm -hmm. kind of the same but just scaled down so The editorial team reads through all the writing and recommends what they want to take and what they don't um and then the creative team does the same with the visual arts so Mm -hmm. it's very much so spread out across like various different people and I try to have it set up so that it goes through, like, kind of a two-filter process. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's not just me being the only one looking at it and deciding. I try to let everyone else look at it, even before, like, I would send the editorial team, like, the link to the submissions before I had even gone through it. Because, like I said, I really do want to keep it as far as possible from you know having an oligarchy of like two Mm -hmm. directors who are making the final call for everything I don't think that like I am the ultimate authority on like what good quality work is by any means so it's definitely a collective decision Mm -hmm. if you will or I try to keep it a group decision
0: yeah yeah I think that's great definitely because then you you lessen the chance of looking at a piece of someone's art and saying like is it bad just because I don't like it? Or mm-hmm. is it just not of the quality? And I really definitely agree with you on the point of, like, the caliber of stuff that's in the magazine. Like, I'm like, how did someone who's 20 years old write this? <laughs> it's incredible. Like, okay, Fiona <laughs> McManus. Shout out.
1: Her. Bestie of the pod. Her. <laughs> I um, stop saying that. <laughs> Bestie of the pod, featured on The
0: Worm. Um, her poetry that was in, I think it was, like, last last year's um Mm -hmm. one I had never met Fiona never heard of her and I was like floored Mm. floored I was like she's an amazing writer how did this come out of like the head of someone who is 20 years old it's just like it's so amazing and so inspiring and at the same time I'm like I it's a little scary because then I'm like oh I don't feel like I can come up with anything that's going
1: to be like put into the magazine the Saint andrew's imposter syndrome is Mm -hmm. real i think you just have to like not really think about it too hard (laughs) like i think that you just kind of need to like if i had been concerned about making the magazine i don't want to say concerned about making it good because obviously i'm such a perfectionist obviously this is like like I said my baby I'd like Mm -hmm. want it to be I'm so hard on myself about every edition that comes out because I'm always like oh we could have done this better we could have done this differently etc but I think if you get too bogged down by that then you'll never end up making anything so at a certain point you do just kind of have to throw it out there but there's this one girl I'm trying to think of people who consistently submit stuff that I always love Nicole Selu who I've actually never met I've only seen her name on the paper her poetry Mm -hmm. is incredible like just the same deal where it's like oh you are a writer yeah like in your own right um and it's kind of cool that lazy anarchist is a little bit like a self-publishing magazine in that sense because it's not like I don't know you have to go through like a real literary i don't even know to to get your work out there like it it really is just like students kind of putting their journal entries forward at times Mm -hmm. um but just the brain power that exists in this town makes it like this amazing body of work that gets put out so yeah i'm very very lucky that we have You know, all of these brilliant minds, all these little geniuses. And they all want to be involved. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) So kind of to talk about the creative spirit in St. Andrews, I I just want like your opinion on this because I wonder about it myself. How much of it do you think, like, do you think it would be the same if the school had any funding for the arts, like Mm. an art school? Because obviously there's funding for music. Like we're in the beautiful Laidlaw Music Center right now but there's no you can't take classes in art Mm. you can't there's no like student art gallery that the university owns there's not even a theater where people really put on plays. (laughs) yeah and yet there's so much creativity and so I'm wondering what you think about how much of it is just because there is no institutional framework Mm. and how much of it like would this exist if there were institutional funding for the arts in St. Andrews right
1: well I think that these people would be here no matter what Mm -hmm. um if not even more artistic people being drawn to if there was any funding or sort of more formal structure for being involved in the arts here um I think that it would probably just happen through less conventional channels or less unconventional channels rather Mm -hmm. um because like you said it is really about kind of making your own thing but I found that even with the social life here in St. Andrews it really is kind of like about making your own fun there is a sort of um like pull yourself up by your bootstraps individuality that comes mm-hmm. with coming to St. Andrews and I think just being at uni in Europe in general, there's a lot less handholding than there is in the US and you have to figure a lot more out for yourself. Um, So while it would be absolutely fantastic if the school were to put money towards this, um, I think that it fosters like a really unique opportunity and like spirit amongst the student body. Um, And I also get that this is, you know, a university that's very traditional. It's sort of sticking to like very classic subjects um and yeah I just don't think that they I don't know if it's that they don't regard art on or like the fine arts on the level of you know sort of like the classic liberal arts education that I think they're trying to go for here it would be great if there was a studio space to go work in that's kind of all I ever want that's Mm -hmm. sort of the biggest thing for me I think is you don't have any room for that in your student accommodation or student flats yeah. at all. Like I technically could get all the stuff that I needed to paint here and I guess sit in my room and paint, but it's just not, I don't know. There's not really like a, it would be nicer to have a physical space, be able to spread out, be able to get things messy. Um, And I think that definitely is a part of like a lot of university life elsewhere. So I'm not really sure why, No one has pushed for that here. Maybe it's an alumni thing. Like, I know that the Laidlaw Music Center is funded by musicians who have gone to St. Andrews and are, you know, putting a lot of money back into the school. Yeah. So maybe if I make millions of dollars someday, (laughs) I can come back and be like, yo, Sally Mapstone, give a girl a studio.
0: Amen. Yes, (laughs) I know. I know. It is. It's frustrating. And I wish, yeah, I just wish that there was more space because like Mm -hmm. some things get so much attention and so much respect. Like, I don't know, like the management building. Oh, totally. Or like the school of IR. And it's like, yeah, those are great. But like, what about the creative people?
1: Yeah. And it also is interesting for a school that is consistently ranked so highly on student life and satisfaction Mm -hmm. that number one, we're in the middle of nowhere and there's actually nothing going on. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, not even the school is, like, helping us put (laughs) things on, you know? Um, So, I mean, maybe that's kind of amazing and maybe we should revel in that, like, Mm -hmm. the sort of spirit that exists here. I think one of the biggest impressions of St. Andrews that I had my first year coming from super conventional suburban America, like, We've all seen the beauty standard. We've all seen the high school movies. We've all seen Mean Girls, et cetera. St. Andrews, your clout is not like who's the prettiest girl. It's who's the coolest girl. Who's the edgiest girl? Yeah. Like who's kind of doing something that no one else is doing? Mm -hmm. Um, Who's standing apart from the crowd? Um, And I just feel like the girls that I really looked up to when I was a fresher were all just super unconventional and edgy. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be just like that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to, you know, my mom, not my mom, my academic mom, sorry for <laughs> those <laughs> of you who are not at St. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elise Morrison was yeah. just the coolest. She was a creative director of Don't Walk and um, just had like, you know, the coolest style and was so intellectual and such an interesting person. And I think I saw her and people like that and wanted to sort of develop in that way here Mm -hmm. Um, so I sort of you know wonder if maybe it allows for like this you know more alternative kind of crowd to foster here because we are all doing it sort of on our own. I
0: think people really have the opportunity to explore who they are in so many different regards because I think I've always said this St. Andrews is the best place to not have a friend group yeah because there's oh God, so many pockets of people doing so many different things all the time and you can everybody just kind of like bops around mm-hmm. it's like a beehive yeah it and really everybody's is. just like doing their own thing and like there's such a level of independence that i think like if you function well as like a very independent person mm-hmm. which i know i do um it's like the perfect environment to figure out who you are and like so many different
1: regards mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah that being s- not to go off on a whole St Andrews tangent <laughs> that being said, there totally is the flip side of that the sort of bite you in the ass part where it mm-hmm. is such a small community and like if you are making mistakes as one is apt to do when they're nineteen 20 years old and like in a sort of hookup environment for the first time mm-hmm. in a drinking environment in a figuring myself out as a human stage you know it's sort of like on display for everyone and you sort of remember people for certain things but if you can kind of just transcend that and be like okay whatever Mm -hmm. like doesn't really matter to me then like it is it is really Mm -hmm. such like a positive opportunity and such a an environment that like you really can take advantage of I love that analogy of a beehive especially Mm -hmm. the proximity of the town it really is people just sort of buzzing around these three streets every single day and constantly running into people and just the constant flow and exchange of ideas and conversations is a really invigorating place if you decide that that's how you want to capitalize on it rather than just getting down about it being sort of like a rumor mill. We are graduating in June
0: Mm -hmm. and The Lazy Anarchist does have a few third years involved in the group but where do you see it going or do you see it as something that you might carry on into life after St. Andrews that would be
1: super cool unfortunately I i mean actually not uh, not unfortunately I'm super excited about my <laughs> prospects for, <laughs> unfortunately yeah, for Lazy Anarchist, you I job. will be leaving and going to corporate America uh-huh. um and I I just simply won't have the time for you know such like a free-flowing artistic project in at this scale Mm -hmm. um so i don't see myself necessarily taking lazy anarchist with me that would be super cool if i was a graphic designer full-time as my job and unfortunately um I do have to eat food. And I feel like you
0: could make <laughs> such a good freelance graphic
1: designer. Thank you. Maybe someday. I also like have no formal training in graphic design at all. Yeah. So, will you talk that... a little bit
0: about how you learned about it? Because I'm just, yeah, curious. I I've always didn't. wondered. That. I like
1: still don't like. I still like couldn't tell you how to do like anything in Illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just I'm going off of vibes like entirely. <laughs> That's so like me I with think podcasting. yeah, I think they would make it. Like difficult for me to like work on it in like a more formal like actually salaried mm-hmm. setting. Um, I haven't really talked about sort of continuity with some of the younger people who are involved, but I mean, I guess it's sort of up to them. Like if they, if they, you know, see a future for Lazy Anarchist, mm-hmm. that would be absolutely amazing. That would make me the happiest girl on planet earth they would definitely have to find more graphic designers which Mm -hmm. i think is the trickiest part just because right now it's me izzy and louisa all fourth years and then the one graphic designer who's not a part of that cohort who works with us is sophie who's a second year Mm -hmm. um so it would really rest on her shoulders and i have not spoken to her about (laughs) what she sees for that um and i also like i don't want to pressure anyone like this was something that i wanted to do for myself and for my friends and it brought me a lot of joy but I'm kind of okay if that chapter moves on like Mm -hmm. I don't I I don't need a legacy of lazy anarchist here for my sake that would be great if people felt like it was needed enough or they wanted it enough to keep doing it um but Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to see. I should probably have some conversations. (laughs) Maybe so. I know, it would
0: be so lovely if it continued because I feel like just like remembering how many people showed up to the launch two weeks ago, it was like there's such a community that loves the Lazy Anarchist and Mm -hmm. like wants to support it. And I think it would be great if it could continue, but it does just come down to like practicalities of are there people involved enough already who can like carry it on realistically
1: yeah. yeah or like if they are down for that which i'm not about to it would be totally against the ethos of the whole thing what? to like pressure anyone into assuming more responsibility we're kind of like in this to get out of having responsibility yeah. of like actually being <laughs> an editor for anything um but thank you so much for it that yeah. was, so kind of you to have <laughs> me on. Um, if people want to
0: find out more about Lazy Anarchist, where can they find that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so we are Lazy Anarchist Collective on Instagram. Um, it's also linked in my bio, Nulo Hagan. And our email is LazyAnarchistCollective at gmail.com literally if anyone's listening and they just like want to send in random shit or like want to get involved or like have any questions I am on the other end of that email actually word might be too so oh, yeah there's like <laughs> many of us <laughs> so um would love to talk to Anyone and everyone about Lazy Anarchist. Mm-hmm, yeah. And
0: get involved. Yeah. It's lit. <laughs> we lit. We lit. <laughs> Besties of the pod. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nula, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're listening and just like Nula said, want to check out more about the Lazy Anarchist, go to Lazy Anarchist Collective on Instagram or hit up the email, just the same at gmail.com. If you love The Worm and want to keep up with the Instagram, follow at theworm_podcast underscore podcast on Instagram. And be sure if you're listening to this on Spotify or any podcast streaming platform, please give me a five stars <laughs> um, just for my own ego, honestly. Um, but thank you for listening and I will see you next time. Thank
1: you so much. Boys. Bye. 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 <laughs>